Hi, Josephine. Hello, Wendy. I mean, of all the Tonys mm-hmm. that we could be celebrating, there is Tone Loke. Tone, yes, Tone Loke. There's Tony, Tony, Tony. Uh-huh. There's Tony Bennett. Yes. Tony Braxton. Tony Braxton. Tony, you know, Tony Danza and I have the same birthday, so... I mean, how do we forget the boss? Uh, who's the boss? Tony Danza. Okay. Um, but then there's Antoinette Perry. And then there's Antoinette Perry. And the American Theater Wing. Yes. Yay, the gayest Gays. night in New York. How's Gay Super Bowl? Yeah, we celebrate the American Theater Wing in the middle of Pride Month. Yes, which they leaned into the gay. They sure did. They were like, you know what? This is, uh, this is I just moved everything. <laughs> Are Damn we it. Yes, the gayest night of New York. Mm, one of them. I mean, a lot of a lot of nights in New York are real fucking gay. I'm just yeah, say. Well, it's true. And this year, fiftieth anniversary of Stonewall. So, correct, correct. girl. Yes. Be um. So first of all, let's talk about the fact that the Tonys are in. Well, welcome to our time of the month and our special Tonys episode. Yes. If you couldn't tell, you asked for it. You. Five people asked yes. us to do this, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Maybe three. Yes. Yes. Three people maybe explicitly asked us, and two people were like, We oh. know for certain that five people listened to us. Yes. And now we feel like three people are expecting this of us. Oh my God, someone told me they listened, so now it's six. I, I feel like that keeps happening. Today, another friend of mine told me he listened. So it is seven. Maybe. Oh, or they're... Yeah, I they're, don't want to jinx it. Okay. All seven, and we'll watch them fall. Shh, shh. <laughs> I mean, there's so many references. Um, okay. So, first of all, the Tonys air uh, live from Radio City Music Hall. Yes. In New York City, which means we're talking about Eastern Standard Time. Yeah. So therefore, it's an 8 p.m. show in New York, which means that it airs live in New York. You would think they would telecast that's California at 5 p.m., California time, but no MFers. No CBS, damn it. It is every year the bane of my existence that, like, it's the thorn in my side that this is the only award show that we don't get in real time. And so all of the East Coast motherfuckers and every theater fag needs to, like, comment on every single award happening on social and everything. People start texting me, and I'm watching the Tonys, and, blah, 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 and I'm thinking of you, and oh my god, this person. And every single year, people ruin shit for me. Three hours before I even get a chance to see it. Yeah. I'm bitter. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you I'm know. bitter, and then at a certain point, once the awards shows start, I'm just like, fuck it. I don't care. Tell me everything. <laughs> I just want to know who wins everything. You know, I figure that, like, they figured out the problem with Saturday Night Live. Like, they, it was only fairly within the last two or three years that mm-hmm. they started airing Saturday Night Live actually live on the, on the, on the West Coast. Mm-hmm. And then they do the telecast again three hours later. So, you would think, <laughs> you would think that maybe they figured out with the Tonys, but I don't know. Shake of head. It, I mean, it's a Sunday, for goodness Eyebrow sake. Raise. Yeah. I know. <laughs> Shake of head, eyebrow raise. That might be the title of that. Shake of head, <laughs> eyebrow raise. <laughs> or maybe that's just the title of my judgy book. Yes. Who knows? I have a lot of book titles in this podcast. Sorry about it. Um, <laughs> we have um, our host for the Tony Awards. Yes. Was Mr. James Kimberly Corden. <laughs> oh, James Kimberly. Um, this is his real middle name. 
Is read, Kimberly really his middle name? Swear to God and Jesus. Oh. All of the gods and Jesuses. Um, yeah, I read an article that said every man in his family has that middle name. It's tradition. James Kimberly Corden. There you have it. All right. He's J.K. Corden. <laughs> right? Yes. <gasps> Step to J.K. Rowling mm-hmm. and J.K. Simmons. And J.K. Yes. So J. many J.K.'s. Yes. Just like so many Tonys. Yes. Matthew McConaughey, his brand of clothing is J.K. Livin. Just keep living. My goodness. <laughs> this is getting out of hand, friends. So anyway. Have we lost you yet? I, are you tired yet? <laughs> are you done with us? Are we back down to sixes? Maybe. No. We are. Okay. We're getting into James Corden. Opening number. Of the Tonys is always like tap shoes, glam, glitz. And also, have you ever been inside Radio City Music Hall? No. Okay. It's massive. It is a beast. And that space, when you stand in it and realize the space, it is overwhelmingly breathtaking. The lobby alone is breathtaking but then when you walk into the space like those several archways and at one point during the ceremony later on uh james corden was up in like the highest highest balcony yeah 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 and so you really get a sense and a like of the scope of that whole space and how massive it is it is a huge 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 space it's beautiful it's a new york institution anyway how did you feel about the Radio City Music Hall opening of the Tonys? Um, well, uh, the costumer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was like, I'm like, oh, it's so obvious it's tearaway. Clearly a tearaway as you're tear-away. padded to the heavens. I was like, did he just get off his shift <laughs> at, so like a, all, as an air baggage handler or something with it that It opened outfit? with him sitting on a couch that looked like a lot of cardboard boxes. So you <laughs> knew something was going to happen. Right? Yes. Yeah. So that costume. And then when the reveal happens, it's like, ah, it's Jordan Roth's, uh, it's Jordan Roth's Met Gala outfit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, that's it's so clearly a tearaway. And I'm like, just right in the crotch too. Like you could see the seam. And I was like, okay. I was here for it. I wasn't mad at it because yeah. like, you know, it's coming. You expect a big glitzy number. I expect tap shoes. God damn it. Yeah. I expect a rocket around the corner. Like I need all those things. And you know, he gave it to us. Yeah, not my um, not my favorite Corden bit of the night. So I'll go into it that later. It wasn't mine either. Yeah. I appreciated that he stressed, like you know, the whole play on it being live. That theater yeah. is live, and it's something we do eight times a week. And I mean, the stamina of Broadway performers is yeah. insane. Um, and they all just like did two shows the day before. They did. They all had come from Sunday matinees to be at the Tonys that yeah. night. It's insane. Yeah. And. Um, you know, and they also make a fraction of what people make for a living on television and film. So yeah, so which to like call attention respect. to that was yeah. great. Yes, I mean I, I do love I do love a good um, <laughs> uh, Law and Order Corpse joke. Yes, mm-hmm. because everyone on Broadway has yeah. has been in Law and Order Corpse. Been a Law and Order Corpse for sure. Um. What else? What were the other bits that James Corden did that stood out to you? Um, I did love the, uh, he was trying to incite beef with, uh, between people. That was fun. That was fun. Um, I, I was like, 
but when it ended with like Audra McDonald and Laura Linney, I was like, maybe we don't need uh, interracial female violence. <laughs> maybe we don't need the girl on girl cat fight. Maybe exactly. that was in poor taste. Exactly. Maybe we could have done like the band's visit versus the boys in the band or something like mm-hmm. the you, bands, the battle of the, the bands. battle of the bands. <laughs> <laughs> you know? There you go. We just wrote the Tonys for next year. Exactly. That's, that's what it should there be. It is. It's like oh Tony Shalhoub versus like Andrew Rannells. That <laughs> yes! would have been what I wanted I mean, to that's see. A fight I want to see. Yeah. Yeah. Mr. Maisel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, but some of those bits were charming and delightful. I also like the bit where his dad was on his phone. Yeah, and, and he was clearly on his he phone was legit too. On his phone, and then he was trying to FaceTime and all that. It's so sweet, so cute. Um, love that. I did love the balcony bit um, mm-hmm. because you you one to give the viewer at home the scope and just the scale of the event space, but also to kind of you know those people that are up there. They're dressed. <laughs> they're dressed in their finery. Yes, and to sit in the nosebleeds. Because they're just happy to be there. Oh, and that little gay couple that was like right next to him. Right, and wearing those fierce as fuck jackets. Yes, yes, yes jacket. And he pointed it out too. He was like, you got this dressed up to get to sit in these shitty seats? Like, good yeah, for you. it's like, yeah, we did. We mm-hmm. did. Thanks for making our day. I know. How did you feel about the the hiding in the bathroom number? That was my favorite. Was it? It was because it was one. It, it was so catchy, uh-huh. and I was like, "Oh God, I might have to suck in my head the rest of the night." But I thought <laughs> it was just like you know, it, it it did kind of speak to like a real fear. Uh-huh. Um, but I can only imagine that someone probably really needed to use the bathroom and they, you know, <laughs> they needed to cut that out. Um, I did love uh, the Neil Patrick cameo. It had to be there. Yeah. He definitely had to. Yeah. Not a fan of the mustache. Seven. No, I never like a porn stash. No. I mean, sometimes it works, but not on him. Mm-mm. No, I feel like mustaches are a subtle art and generally mm-hmm. not on blonde men or no. light haired men. No. Tom Selleck, always mustache. Really? No. Shake of head, eyebrow. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not a fan. Yeah, I liked it. I liked the fact that they were like, could they, (laughs) I did say that, that could they um, get rid of the hosts and then... um, and then be like, like the, the Oscars, Oscars. did. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, though, like the Tonys, you need a host. You need. You do. You need someone who is going to kind of usher, be the bridge between the, you know, yeah. the institution of the theater and the viewer at of home. Of course. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Because theater is legitimately about an audience. Yeah. So you have to. Yeah, yeah exactly. You need a narrator. Mm-hmm. For the films, no. That, that's, you know. No. No. Absolutely. Plus, um, everyone can see those films. Not everyone can see the Broadway shows. The Broadway shows. Correct. Yeah. And I like that, um, well, we'll get to that in, later, but um, Santino Fontana talked about that in his mm-hmm. acceptance speech. The idea that, like, when you are a kid in a small town USA, yeah. watching the Tony Awards is your only window into that world and seeing some of those performances. Yeah. And thankfully now we live in an age of YouTube and archived performances where we can go back and look at some of those things. Oh yeah. So in the seventies and eighties, we couldn't. So my friend that I watched the Tonys with, Mm -hmm. uh, we, I, 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 we foolishly thought that we could get it on the East coast feed. Mm -hmm. Uh, so we, so I was there three hours early. So basically (laughs) I was from, I was there at five o'clock until the Tonys teleclass West coast time ended. We could have cursing CBS. We could have flown to New York. Like you (laughs) could have, yeah, we could have been there for the closing number. Um, but we, 
we spent that time. So we ate like really bad Chinese food and by mm. bad, bad for you. It was delicious. And we um, watched, he made a Tony's performance playlist <gasps> and we just watched. That's what we did for like two and a half hours. I mean, that's heaven though. That's yeah. the best, right? Yeah, it was. You definitely watched like Dream Girls, right? Uh, yeah, we definitely. watched the Dream Girls. We Jennifer watched... Holiday Dream Girls, mm-hmm. like your number one go-to Tony's performance, which looks Let so shitty on there. like a high def television. Doesn't even matter. But it I doesn't don't care. Matter. I'll watch it grainy as fuck a thousand times over. Did you watch Sutton Foster? Anything goes. Um, no, we watched uh, uh, Sutton Foster, Thoroughly Modern Millie. Okay. Well, he had like a, it was like a four hour playlist. Of just, I'm here for all of it. I so we watched uh, Sutton Foster. much more than four hours of my life watching. Um, we watched the original staging of Ragtime. Sure. Yes, with a young Leah Michelle. Yep. <laughs> yep. And um, Fun fact, one of my old dance teachers was in the original company of Ragtime. What? And so when I saw the original company of Ragtime, she was the lady on the swing. Oh. Yes, I know. There you go. So we watched, uh, we watched the ragtime. We watched, uh, you know, the one time we did not get to was Turkey Lurkey. We did not get to that. <laughs> um, we watched Patty Lapone Gypsy. I mean, you got to. Yeah, we watched uh, the Patty Lapone anything. Patty Lapone anything. She loves me. Ring of Keys. You know, it was like it was a gay. It was a gay old team. I love that. I love that. I love that. Um, okay, back to our awards. Yes, ceremony. back to James Corden. Um, James Corden did a bit of like the losing faces. Oh, what okay. Face that was you will make funny. when you lose. Mm-hmm. And Matt Bomber, bless him, just with his happy face all the time. <laughs> he just couldn't make a bad losing face. Yeah. But then Jeff Daniels came through with the fuck you face. Yeah, because I was like, he and could actually awesome. lose tonight. And yeah. And, and he, he did. did. <laughs> and he did. Because like he could, he looked at other people who I don't think they were not like Christian Chenoweth wasn't nominated for anything. Mm-mm. The boys in the band were not. But it was just like the boys in the band were nominated for Oh they, yes they were they were not individually but yes they were mm-hmm. they were nominated. But like Jeff and Daniels Robin could, Jesus was nominated individually. Yes he mm-hmm. was but he wasn't with the whites. <laughs> he was not with he the white boys the in the white band. Gays. <laughs> he wasn't with the white gays. He wasn't with the white gays. <laughs> he, he was, was with, with his mother. He was yes, he was with his mother. <laughs> he was oh well we'll get to fashion in a little bit. Yes. Oh, there's so much. There is yeah. so much to go in on. Okay. Also, was was it just me or was Jeff Daniels like had like he, he like half in the bag. Yeah. Always. Always. <laughs> I was like, okay, Atticus. I'm okay. Sure. I'm so sure. I'm so sure. Also it. did not know that Calpurnia was freaking married to Samuel L. Jackson. Yes. <laughs> I know. I did not piece that together because she was phenomenal. Of all of the shows nominated this year, To Kill a Mockingbird is the only show this season that I have seen. Shocking. Because normally I, when I go home and I see a bunch mm-hmm. of stuff, a lot of the stuff that I saw this year was actually stuff that was nominated last season. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And so a lot of the things that were nominated came out quite recently, and I haven't been home since. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I will, but I did see To Kill a Mockingbird. Again, we talked about the fact that I was expecting American Son to be nominated, mm-hmm. and nothing, no. nowhere. No. So I'm floored about that, but I'm waiting for everyone to see it on Netflix as it comes out Oh, soon. I can't wait. I can't wait. Um, Boys in the Band, too. Boys in the Band, too. Yeah. And again, like I struggle with the idea of like filming theater pieces because they are two different mediums and they have incredibly different um, audience expectations. Yeah. You know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And when you 
film live theater, something gets lost in that translation. However, I think when the work is strong and it mm-hmm. needs to be delivered to the masses, by all fucking means, film yeah, that shit. Absolutely. Put it in a platform that like mass Americans can see it, you know? Yeah. Um, that little gay kid in Pocatello, Idaho needs to watch the prom. Yes. 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 Mm-hmm. Cause I didn't give a shit about the prom, but the prom is a show that could save lives. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. And there it is. So yeah. kids who need to see it need to have access to seeing it. Yeah. Also back to the losing faces. Yes. We panned audience. At some point in time, or maybe this was later during awards, when awards were nominated and things like that, but noted that Warren Beatty looks like shit. <laughs> I l- who was sitting next to Warren Beatty? And his wife, Annette Benning. No, no, no. So- the other, there was someone else famous who was like sitting next to Warren Beatty. And I was like, oh, she looks like his nurse. Like... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when it panned the audience, I was like, oh, son of a bitch. Like, I made, <laughs> I made a noise about it. It was enough that I had to write it down and, like, put it on my list. He also had, like, about. the same face on that he did Ugh. when Faye Dunaway read the wrong name at the <laughs> Oscars. <laughs> you know, just glazed oh, over. Like, yeah. oh. He, he looked like a hot pile of shit. Yeah. Oh, well. um, Let's get your wife an Oscar. <laughs> I know. Let's get her something. Right. Give her a trophy. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, were th- was that there were commercial bits that we didn't get to see? Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah. That so, so you know, um, being <laughs> I, I don't mind a spoiler. Um, I well, I thought that the people who I followed on Instagram did a really good job of like not spoiling. And by people, I mean the you know gay chorus boys that I follow on Instagram because mm-hmm. hashtag Joe's basic. And <laughs> And, like, I thought that there were people who were reposting on their stories these bits that Corden was doing during the commercial breaks where he was basically pulling people in the actors who were in the audience who were not nominated and giving them, like, a binder and having them do impromptu karaoke. Mm -hmm. And I know that they filmed it because... I saw in some of the stories that ben there was... Ben Platt was singing Annie. Yeah, Ben Platt sang Annie. Uh, Billy Porter was singing Rose's Turn, mm-hmm. which, like, uh, we need to see all of this. Well, uh, the children need it. The children need it. We need it. We need it. Who wants to see Andrew Randall's do model behavior from <laughs> Women Me. on the Verge? I do. Well, I don't know if that happened, but I just would like to put that out there. <laughs> Andrew Reynolds, make it happen. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah. So those are some of the things that, that were missed. I mean, all in all, I think that James Corden is a goddamn delight, and I don't think that we can really go wrong when we have him hosting, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have... Um, maybe we'll bring this up at the end, but I have thoughts on who should host next year. Oh, mm, So write that... That's put, exciting. Put a pin in that. We're putting a pin in that. Can we talk about the looks? The Tony Ooh, looks? Oh, the looks. Serve the looks. Who are your faves? Well, I mean... Billy fucking Porter. Mother Porter bringing it again. Um, Billy, this is Billy Porter's fucking year, man. Oh my God. Yes, God damn it. Um, I didn't realize at first when, when we saw his look, it was widely stated that he was wearing the Kinky Boots curtain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then it was brought to light that that was 
orchestrated by and created with a company called Scenery Bags. Yes. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah, so Scenery Bags, which we have mentioned on this podcast before. And I have purchased several of them as Christmas gifts. Girl, yes. I have purchased, so Scenery Bags, the amazing Jen Khan. Um, amazing, we love you. Uh, please. Uh, Scenery Bags is great because what they do is they... Uh, they upcycle or recycle uh, old uh, backdrops um, and uh, uh, show decks. Actually, mm-hmm. now they are do now sh- bangles, uh, are yeah. now bangles. So they do these uh, amazing um, clutch bags that are just made from bits and pieces of uh, uh, American-made, by the way. So all made in America, handmade um, uh, of these different backgrounds from different productions off Broadway, regional theater, and then it, the you know the card comes with like a little story about where it was, which show this is from, yeah. and like you get a unique number of which piece it is. And the company's been expanding, so they've been doing like like the Mean Girls step and repeat. They yes. use to make some bags. They did totes. They have totes. They, they have, have bangles made out of show decks now, so mm-hmm. you can get a bangles. But the but the thing that's the most important thing that they do is that the charity piece of the it. The charity piece. So they also fund. Um, please correct me if I'm wrong, but they they also fund. Um, the ability for children to actually see theater. They do a portion of their proceeds helps kids in I believe in the tri-state area yes yes uh, it is in it's in that area subsidize their ticket prices and helps them get to see theater yeah so anytime you put a kid in a theater like and give them the opportunity to see theater that they would otherwise not have take my money you have it yeah um so. and they do like these amazing so they do just the regular bags but then they also have these really cool custom hand painted uh numbers where you know for oklahoma it has all oh, what a beautiful morning on mm-hmm. it they're ones from wicked and the wizard of oz have like those places i famously got my friend who got married when i went to guam last year i bought her a scenery bag that was a backdrop from i believe it was from mama mia mm-hmm but it was her I basically it was her something blue mm. and I was just like and I and I and I um, was like messaging them and I'm like can I get one that says here <laughs> to the bride like from mm-hmm. Hamilton mm-hmm. and they were like yes that's here. awesome I bought my best friend uh, for Christmas a scenery bag from Rocky the Musical which yes. was her first Broadway show really she saw and so or it was her very first trip to New York it was amongst the first shows that she saw but I think it was the first anyway it was from the boxing ring. Oh. So the floor of the actual boxing ring yes. is now a purse that she gets to have, which is, you know, sentimental and lovely. Anyway, this has now become an ad for scenery yes. bags. However. And they're perfect for, you can fit the playbill right in. There you go. You can fit the so, playbill right in. So scenery bags worked with Billy Porter um, and. Celestino. More, yes. Um, to create this piece out of the kinky boots which recently closed mm-hmm. curtain. So that red curtain became like the jacket slash dress slash cape with the train piece. But then went on to read a statement about it and it's actually designed as a uterus. What? Yes. And then he released this whole statement on, he wanted to design um, a dress in that, that challenged femininity because femininity is under attack right now because women's rights are being attacked right now. And this is why we love mother Porter because there is a thought process behind everything he puts on his body. And it was heaven. 
It was such a moment when he, he is walked down to that shit. stage. He is running I shit. I want him to run my shit. Fuck. The whole world has eyes on him. Everyone's paying attention and to like him. And like the train like like was removable. That's so it. and it whipped around like yes. a glorious pony. Ugh. He's the best. Yes, it the was best. very good. Loved it. That was beautiful. Okay. <sighs> Thank you, Mother Porter, for another look. Mm-hmm. Um, can we talk about uh, other looks that we loved at, at the Tonys. Yes. Cynthia Revo. Ooh. Be, served mm-hmm. two looks, red carpet, and then also she sang the In Memoriam. Yes. And looked beautiful there as well, in white with a feather headpiece. Love the feather headpiece. Mm-hmm. She does so <laughs> She does so much um, with having like, you know, as shorter haircut as she has. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, yes, that feather headpiece was just the perfect mm-hmm. way to tie that all together. Yeah, yeah, and it's also like, I love her so much because she challenges the masculine and the feminine, but also like she is so muscular and strong and yet so soft and lovely in everything she does as well. And so there's just such a beautiful balance there and she always gets it right. Yeah. Every single time. And there's a build. Like, there's always mm-hmm. a build. And, like, in this one, it was just very, it was very soft and tender. And then there were moments where, you know, it was just, you're reaching these different yeah. levels. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cynthia Reeve, well, get, come back to the stage, girl. We need it. I don't think it's going to be a long time before she will. Oh, you I, think movies? Well, I th- that's where she's at now, mm-hmm. you know. And she's about to uh, come out with Harriet. The Harriet Tubman movie. I did not know that. Oh, EGOT, girl. Girl, I get mean, you that. Get you I that. Mean, so, yeah. So, she's playing Harriet in the Harriet Tubman biopic. And um, so, there's that. But I also think, though, that she will make a return to the stage because I think those are those are her roots. That's where she's at. Yeah. She's amazing mm-hmm. and a goddess and all of that. Um I loved Laura Benanti's look. <laughs> I, I love Laura Benanti, period. I love period. Laura Benanti's and look. And yeah. what she was wearing. Yes. Done. Yeah. Um, uh, her hair. <laughs> her hair was amazing. Yeah. That color was amazing. It was mm-hmm. like a persimmon, cinnamony, mm-hmm. what's that fruit I'm thinking of? The Persimmons. Persimmons. Yeah. yeah. It was like ripe and citrusy but warm and good mm-hmm. and uh, and then I thought it was just a gown but it wasn't it was a pantsuit yeah and yeah, I love a pantsuit yeah love it I love any time like you're gonna wear like a nice pants like a nice female pant mm-hmm. a you good know. tailored piece yes with like a with a tuxedo stripe or something mm-hmm. but yeah Laura Benanti was killing it mm-hmm. um, let's talk about Kristen Channel with fucking shoes okay Rainbow Sparkle yeah Yes, I was like, first of all, like you know, heels, of course, and a nice to Jesus. Ankle booty. Yes, and I don't usually. I'm not one for an ankle boot. I'm not either. And I was like, okay, for it. gay it right. rights. She got it right because she was wearing some Siriano, just like a basic black, mm-hmm. with the cute little poofy ruffle. But she nailed it on the shoe. Oh yeah, nailed it. Absolutely nailed it. Mm-hmm. There were uh, some great tuxedo jackets. Lots mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. like brocade sparkle patterns and paisleys and I'm here for all of it. The Tonys got so fucking gay. Oh girl. They were like, we have no more rules. Wear whatever the fuck you want, i.e. Taylor Mac. What? Did you see Taylor Mac? No. What was this? When Taylor Mac came out to present his play. Oh yeah. <laughs> with the with like looking like uh oh my God, like a 
oh god looking like a klaus nomi like like very wearing club kid like it was very club kid it was very he came out to present gary a sequel to titus andronicus mm-hmm. uh, and wearing like a rainbow caged club piece you know Full face makeup, mm-hmm. almost a nod to the sisters of perpetual indulgence. Yes, I thought so as um, well. And just like totally owning that yeah. space. And like message was on. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll we'll talk about that. Yeah, we'll get yeah. there in a second. Yeah. Um, yeah. Were there any fashion moments that you were like, "Fuck no"? I didn't. I don't know what he wore going in to on the red carpet, but when you saw him later. Um, when the whole cast was on stage, Reeve Carney mm-hmm. <laughs> was wearing like this, like cut off tuxedo jacket thing. And I was like, Oh Reeve, no, uh. you're not, you're not playing riff raff anymore. Like, <laughs> no, 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 no. But I have more to say about Reeve Carney in a little bit. Okay. All right. You okay, know? Okay. Yeah. I mean like it's, it's such an occasion and you know, these are people who like, you know, are, who are costumed for a living. So they, they know how to put something simple and understated together. Mm-hmm. Um, I do. <laughs> I mean, the man who wrote, uh, the man who wrote the ferryman, I was like, you look like a traveler. <laughs> you look like an Irish traveler, <laughs> which was on point and on message. Exactly. For, but yeah, yeah. 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 Um, all right. Shall we talk about, I have one thing before we go into the Tony Tonys. Go. So, um, I love that, you know, because it is uh, homosexuality's, you know, Super Bowl, the commercial breaks were like, it's like Truvada. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Truvada for prep. <laughs> That's why I'm on that pill. And I was like, ah. I loved that all of like the Verizon commercials that were like, Oh. About coming out and like <laughs> celebrating that, but I was like, "You trying to fucking kill me?" I was, I, I was like, we when we saw the Verizon commercial yeah. and my friend Linda looked at each other and was like, "Are they fucking selling iPhones right now with this shit?" They are. I mean, I all like, of like major major corporations. It's a cash grab, absolutely, but yeah. they're capitalizing on pride for sure. Getting that but pink dollar, yeah. They're also showing that they are a company that supports. Yeah, I mean, like, and again, it's a network. Like, this is a network a thing. Yeah. If you don't have cable but have a decent antenna, you're going to get it. So it's like, you yeah. know, someone's going to see this and just think, like, you know, it's, again, that's why, you know, we can, as much as, like, I can be critical of that kind of cash grab corporate, you know, co-opting of of pride and LGBT rights and stuff. Also at the same time, that's my privilege in being able to say that living in an area where I already have access to other forms of gay culture. We've also seen it in Gillette. Yeah. You mm-hmm. know, we saw, you know, Gillette with the commercial of like the father teaching his trans son to shave for the first time. And, mm-hmm. you know, we saw Nike doing it with Colin Kaepernick and capitalizing on that too. Like these companies are not without fault. They are absolutely in it to make money. We're not blind to that, but they're also using their platform yeah. and their audience. Yeah. If the to rep- yeah. speak to a message. Yeah. If the representation can be thoughtful, then there it is. Then then it's fine by me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um okay, we got to talk about performances. Okay. Cuz more than awards. 
we, we really watch for the performances. We watch the Tonys for the performances. There are definitely some awards that we need to talk about. But we need to talk about all of the performances in great detail. Yes. Can we begin? We're going to go in order. Yeah, let's just go in order. With performances. All right. The fr- and I am such a nerd that I have like the list of like everything that happened of every moment. Um, this is my... This is why people are like, oh, aren't you and Wendy going to watch together? I'm like, fuck no. no. <laughs> <laughs> we are not going to watch together. No, because when we talk about all this stuff like without microphones, then we forget that we've... Exactly. Like we want, this is all fresh. We wanted to keep it fresh for you. We only talk about things when we're recording in the same room. Capitalize on it. Exactly. (laughs) So, and by capitalize, I mean make zero dollars. Exactly. But if you want to give us money, but I mean, give us money. If you want to, if you want to give me a money, then give me, give (laughs) Give me that money. Give you a money. Um, Let's talk about. First performance, other than the opening number, first performance was The Temptations with Ain't Too Proud, the musical. Yes. Um. Okay, Joe is making a face. Before you make that face, I want to talk about the mic throw in the air, the turnaround mic catch into a shablam split. Get at me. Fine. You want to fight me? I mean, that was great. I'm saying. She can dance. Also, my parents are going to see Ain't Too Proud tomorrow. Oh, of course. (laughs) Tell them them, they better sing along. They are going to, (laughs) they better get me playbills. Anyway, continue. Um, Why are you making this face? I'm making a face because I couldn't understand him. Is pursed. Let me describe Josephine's face. There is an eyebrow raise, not a head shake. But a pursed mouth. A pursed mouth. A pursed lip, if you will. A judgy gay face he's making. You know, I could not. I love The Temptations. My mother loves Motown. Mm -hmm. This is a show that I would take her to see. Mm -hmm. However, comma, Mm -hmm. (laughs) it was like, I could not understand him. What was Mm -hmm. going on? I didn't, like, it was just, you know. It was a slice of a performance of greatest hits. For the Tonys. Yeah. Which was fine. Like, I, I'm still going to go see it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was just, y- y- they are doing work. Like, mm-hmm. up there, like I give them all the credit. They are doing all uh-huh. kinds of work. And they are giving you everything. Like, I was like, damn, is James Brown? Like, yeah. the ghost of James Brown inhabiting this man? Yeah. But yeah. So, you know, all in all. But like, there was just moments where I was just like, I really wish I could understand what you're singing, even mm-hmm. though I know all the words to Ain't Too Proud to Bay. Yeah. Um... And we forget that there were 24 Temptations, that they, like, rotated out group members. Uh, that I did not know. So you that was know that. I did not know oh, that. Oh, yeah. So that's good. To, so, you know, we learned something. We learn. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm a big champion of that show because of what it's doing for black audience. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and black spaces on Broadway. Um, I think it's at the Imperial, right? I don't know. Yeah, whatever. I don't know. But I think that when we create space to honor black art on Broadway, which is called the Great White Way, Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, ironically, um, which has nothing to do with race, but 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 still speaks to that. Um, um, I'm a big, big fan of... of, uh, of telling this story. Also, it is uh, executive produced by Danielle Brooks, whom we love. We love her. Laha. Orange is the new black. Sophia color purple. 
Danielle Brooks can do no wrong in my book. And uh, I'm really, really thrilled that she's having this moment. Um, Okay. Those are my thoughts on Nancy Proud. Okay. I am really excited to have this next conversation with you. Because I was waiting to have this conversation with you. Oh, no. With the mic in your hand. Okay. Tootsie. Tootsie. Problematic? <laughs> well, I mean, do we do problematic in the sense of in 2019, do we need to tell the story of a cishet white man in a dress of trying to find success as a woman? Um, problematic? Problematic. Again, I don't know if that is addressed in the show, not seeing the show. Mm-hmm. So, or how they've updated the story. Or how story they've updated the story. Yeah. Exactly. Because they are billing this Tootsie as a stage actress. Because I think in the movie, it's all film, right? Uh-huh. So they're billing her as a stage actress. Um, you know, I didn't think it was a good song. Th- no. A, I thought the song sucked. Yeah. Um, there could that- have been a better song. I would have loved to see him as Tootsie more. Like, as but Dorothy. But also, I think the big impressive moment, which is supposed to be that quick change, right? Yeah. Where we see him go from man into quick drag. Um, I f- it looked like quick drag. It didn't look impressive or believable. Not that Dustin Hoffman looked believable as a woman either, but um, I would have loved to actually have seen him in just the, as Tootsie and done a number as that, like, you know? Yeah. Also, I mean, yeah, the song did nothing for me, but also I struggle with problematic. I I think so. I feel like a white man dressing as a woman in this day and age to make money Mm is problematic because as the only way that he can do it is by being a woman. And that's the thing is that like, well, I think also it like is disrespectful to drag culture. I think it's disrespectful to trans culture. Um, also I, I mean, I also get that it's like tongue in cheek and it's tootsie. And do we take it that seriously? But I think in 2019, we have a responsibility to take it more seriously. Yeah. And, Um, I think the idea that being a woman is the only way you can get work, um, is kind of, uh, inaccurate (laughs) in the sense that like women still make what, 72 cents on the dollar Yeah, I mean, to men. This show is like, if you want to go super meta, there's so many problems here. He is a white man. He's a he's a white actor, he's white male actor on Broadway. Pinnacle of privilege, yeah, like, yeah. Um, and they like they made it about his age. That was the thing. It's like the yeah. They made it about. I'm like, eh, it's even worse for women. Yeah, yeah. I, I just I think it's a flawed story, and I think that we as artists have a responsibility to not retell flawed stories. Yeah, I'm just curious to see, like, why is this the story? Why tell this story? Why is this the story? Because we could talk about Oklahoma, and we will in a second, Mm -hmm. you know, and how that was a flawed story. But why is it relevant in 2019 and the reimagining of that? That had a clear vision. I don't think Tootsie does, because I think when Tootsie came out, it was done for a laugh, because ha, 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 there's a man in a dress. Yeah. And now we are living in a time where a man in a dress 
is A, a strong identity. Yeah. And something to be respected and taken seriously. Yeah. And dangerous. Yeah. Like, not necessarily safe spaces. And now I feel like I'm getting preachy with this, but that's why I feel like... It's a political know. act. I feel like producing Tootsie in, in 2019 is irresponsible. Which is why I which is why I'm curious again to see how to see how it's done on stage. I'm just like because I'm not curious enough to spend any more than $20 on it. <laughs> like I'm not going to go and see a bad show that I will sit there and be like fuck you. I hate this. This is wrong. You're awful. Totally fair. Totally fair. I won't spend money on that. If you want to go see it. <laughs> the jury's out. Uh, maybe I'll listen to the recording and then we'll see what happens. Listen to the recording. Report back to me. I'm I, not e- I love Santino Fontana, okay? I, don't, I love I'm not him. That I love him. Not even. I love him. Boo. He could get it. Boo. I, I shouldn't boo a Broadway performer still. <laughs> Regardless, <laughs> I'm saying boo to Tootsie. Yes, boo to Tootsie. Santino Fontana, different story. Sure. Sure. Shake of head, eyebrow, eyebrow raise. Okay. Um, let us move on now to Oklahoma. Ah. First of all, Shirley Jones came out and introduced this performance, and I was here for it. With Asif Manvi, which was great. Mm-hmm. I was like, yes. Yeah. Um, so when we talk about re, you know, reimagining stories that were once problematic in the age that they came out, um, Oklahoma had a very clear vision as to like why that story needed to be told today and in this day and age. And so we saw Ali Stroker mm-hmm. open with I Can't Say No, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it moved into Oklahoma. Oklahoma, yeah. The title song. What are your thoughts on Oklahoma? Um, I want to see it. Mm-hmm. I really want to see how they do it. The Plus, whole run is sold out. Oh, God. It's well, um, it's playing at Circle in the Square in New yes. York, which is a very small and intimate space. It's where Once on This Island was. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so Fun it's, it's and in the round, and the audience is integrated into the performance space. So, Yeah. I, I, I Yeah. Uh, Ali Stroker, amazing. Love her. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, first uh, wheelchair-bound grad of Tish, mm-hmm. um, of Tish NYU. Uh, she was also in the, the revival of Spring Awakening. Um, with Jeff West. Uh, with Jeff West, mm-hmm. yes. And um, the pipes, my God. Yeah, she could sing her face off. Yeah. She can. The pipes. And also, like, we should have talked about her yellow dress when we were talking about fashion. Mm-hmm. But I was here for that color. Oh, yeah. I like it a lot. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and I'm not usually uh, let the dress match the hair, but that was just a really no, great shade. No, because it didn't. It was yeah. like a like a neon almost. It was mm-hmm. really nice. I liked it. But yeah, she did great. And I was like listening to the lyrics because uh, again, I'm not that familiar with Oklahoma, mm-hmm. but I was like, ooh, this song, mm-hmm. this song is a little, ooh. Yeah. Oklahoma is super, super dated. And a lot of people, when this version came back out or, or was remounted, a lot of people were like, why? Mm-hmm. Why now? But all of the press on it has been really great and really revolutionary. Um, Mary Testa is playing Aunt Eller. Rebecca Naomi Jones is playing Lori, um, which is interesting because those two actors, actresses, are names in New York theater. Yeah. And neither one of them was really featured in that performance uh-huh, uh-huh. at all. Um, Mary Testa was nominated, but... She was nominated, yeah. but like had no featured moment in that, which... Yeah. 
Great. Which is also, I you know, not to speak for them, but I feel like when the work is good, when the work is, is alive and thrilling, mm-hmm. and you're saying something new and different, saying something interesting, mm-hmm. you know, you the chance to be a part of it mm-hmm. is really... When the ensemble is strong. Yeah. I love that we feature an ensemble piece. Yeah. And so... So okay, which you could tell that they were just like they were tight. Yeah, they were very tight together for sure, for sure. Um, which we also saw some ensemble. We saw a lot of ensemble work on Tony Night. So I'm excited to get into that later. But first, next, I should say, Mm. do we have any other thoughts on Oklahoma? No, we're moving on. It was great, and you know, I hope that. I hope that production tours. I really do. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Good to know. Um, okay. You know what production I hope doesn't tour? Beetlejuice. 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 So let's talk about the fact that Catherine O'Hara introducing that thing was the best part of that whole thing. Yeah. I was like, oh, Catherine O'Hara with the white and black. I mean, she got a brand. She knows what's up. Yeah. She was the best part of that whole number. So Beetlejuice features Alex Brightman of School of Rock. Yeah. Um, and he's basically playing the same character. Yeah. He's a workhorse. Like I will say he's doing a lot there. And I was like, this is a lot for, but he, this is his brand. And that's, that's what he's showing the Broadway community. He can do right. That he has this one loud ass character that he can play in every fucking show he does. And I'm tired of seeing it. I don't want to see it. Yeah. You saw school of rock, right? I saw school of rock. Yeah. I will not see Beetlejuice. No. Because no. No. It's it's one of those things where it's like, you know, I I did appreciate, uh, I thought that the little bits, the little ad libs about who was in the audience and, mm-hmm. you know, Adam Driver and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, I think he, he almost fucking hit Anna Wintour. When he, I, like, <laughs> I know. I saw that. I know. I, know, I was I know. like, oh, girl, you better not hit her. I know. <laughs> She's going to devil worse proud of you. Um, <laughs> Fun fact, by the way. Circling back to James Corden, uh-huh. because I read like a things you need to know about James Corden. That's where I learned his middle name, mm-hmm. Kimberly. Mm-hmm. Um, he is like real tight friends with Anna Wintour. Oh, I bet. Yeah. And that is why they, that's why she was there mm-hmm. because they have lunch together like once a month because she's such a fan of his and came to see him in One Man, Two Governors or right? One Man, Two Governors. Yeah. One Man, Two Governors. Yeah. And Which he um, won a Tony for. He won the Tony for yeah. and they've just been great friends ever since. And so when that show came to New York, they started having lunches together. And so they're great friends now. But he's, he's LA based. Well, you know, it's on a winter. You're you yeah. have if you, yeah. if you're going to fly to New York once a month to have but that lunch. But he wasn't always LA based. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. When he did Broadway yeah. with history boys and all of that, he was mm. in New York and there you have it. Mm. Okay. So back to Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice, the film, now over 30 30 years years old, Uh um, was the beginning of Tim Burton, really. Mm -hmm. That was what put him on the map. And it was so fucking weird and crazy. And I kind of still can't tell you what Beetlejuice is about. I can and I can't. But I remember that, like, I was, like, in fifth grade when that came out. And we all sang Harry Harry Belafonte Mm -hmm. because... Mm -hmm. That was what we did because of Beetlejuice. And it was like, yeah. 
It was amazing. And that was like Gina Davis. Gina Davis and Alec Baldwin. Yes. Oh my God. Such a young Alec Baldwin. Yeah. Winona Ryder. Can we just reminisce about the film and ignore that that Broadway performance ever happened? So here's the thing. Go. Do we need in 2019 five white actors singing Harry Belafonte's Deo, the no, banana we boat sure song? Don't. We were like, no. ooh, we don't need you to do like no. an affected Caribbean accent. I was That's like, right. no. Especially because just before that, you have the fucking awful like a uh, commercial trailer for that uh, for a forthcoming CBS show called Bob Loves Abishola, where a man is like falling in love with his Jamaican nurse. Like we don't need this shit. Uh, We're done with. I will hate watch that, and we'll and I'll tell you all about it. Hey, <laughs> please do, because yeah. uh, that was definitely a commercial I fast forwarded through. Yeah. So um, yeah, we don't. I was like, and I looked at my friend. I was like, are there five white actors singing Deo? There in sure front are. Of me? Talking about picking bananas. Yes. Sure are. Daylight, come and me one go home. And like, no. Yeah, working in the field. Yeah. They sure And I were. think Harry Belafonte is still very much alive. Like He's still very much alive. Yeah, like, yes. uh, you know, yes. somewhere he's like, oh, girl, you better stop. Yeah. A little bit, yeah. So Beetlejuice was off color to me on many, many, many levels. Um, but also, like, I just don't care. See, the thing is about that show, right, is that it's 30 years. It's a cult classic. It is, as someone who is very much in the horror community, mm-hmm. it is one of those, like, formative touchstone it's things. it's camp and it's horror and all it's that. It's camp. Yeah. It's very... It's also, like... There are elements of it that are just super queer as mm-hmm. well because, you know, not being not fitting in in this plane and all that mm-hmm. stuff. So there are many reasons why people love it. Mm-hmm. And this is a, such an obvious grab at getting those people to the theater to see it. Yeah. But like, ugh, you know, I also like, you know, just Beetlejuice as a musical, not having heard anything on the recording or anything. I just don't want to know what the like 11 o'clock number is that Lydia Dietz is going to sing about not wanting to marry Beetlejuice. I don't care. Eyes closed, shake of head. Yeah. Mm-mm. We're moving on now to the prom. The prom. So here's what I will say about the prom. And I talked about this with my friend Allison. Hey, hey, Allison, this morning. Um, when the prom performed in the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, mm-hmm. all anybody talked about was that in the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, there's going to be a gay kiss. Mm-hmm. And we were all like, who the fuck cares? But everybody on, yeah. you know, in New York at the parade route was like, oh my God, what? Um, and no one cared at the end of the day. Yeah. Whatever. I didn't care about that show in November. I was like, what the, what the fuck is this stupid thing? And I will never see the show. Watching it on Tony tonight, I was like, oh, I'm curious about this show now. Yeah. It had a lot of heart that we didn't see in the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. At least that's my take on it. We had a, it had a lot of heart that was missing from a lot of performances tonight. Uh, yes. Or for, you know, uh, yes. Tony Night. Yeah. But a lot has been written about the prom since. Um, and a lot of people are saying that, like, that show has the potential to save lives. You know, for young queer kids to see themselves represented in that kind of piece that is about joy and love and acceptance and fun and hope, like, that kind of show is going to have a very, very, very long touring life and a very, very, very long life in regional theater and high schools will produce it and it will make a 
millions and millions of dollars hand over fist in royalties because of that, because it's a relatable piece that young people need to hear right now. Absolutely. That's all I got on it, really. Yeah, I, and I agree. And Chenoweth gave a really fun intro to the piece, too. Yeah, she was like, <laughs> yeah, I was like, just say gay rights already. Just say it. Just say yeah. it. Um, yeah, I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. You know, Ryan Murphy is set to do, like, his Netflix adaptation or filming, or you know, somehow going to bring it to Netflix to a wider audience. But I think one thing that I really appreciate about the prom. Is he really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <gasps> that's exciting. Yeah, he, oh, that's really great. Um. Uh, I, the thing I appreciate about the prom too is that, you know, we're really, we're talking a lot, you know, one of the main characters is this kind of like soft butch, you know, lesbian girl. And I don't think we see that enough. We don't. You know, because when I thought there was going to be a gay kiss, I'm like, oh, I'm going to watch the two boys kiss. But no, we watch the girls because the thing about it, too, is that like even even on prom night, you know, it's still it's something that like, you know, guys, we don't care what guys wear, but it's all about like making it about centering it around girls and all this Mm -hmm. expectation about what they wear on the prom night and all that stuff. Like that was great. Mm -hmm. So, yes. I mean, and now I feel like we have so many pockets of this country wherein children of any gender however they identify can wear whatever they want dresses tuxedos what have you to their prom and be celebrated there are several more pockets of this country wherein if a boy needed to wear a dress to prom mm-hmm. he could be expelled he could be beaten he could be attacked he could feel victimized like there's so much yeah. that you know, queer kids still don't have safe spaces everywhere. And until they do, we need to make art like the prom. Yeah. Not like Tootsie. Yeah. <laughs> Is Tootsie the green book of Broadway? Ooh, that's, ooh. Did I just label it? Oh, that's, that's a, that's a, did I, that's did a I hot do it? take. That's did a scorching hot take. Did I put my finger take. on it? I feel like I did. <laughs> finger on it. Is finger Tootsie on nose. Tootsie the green book of Broadway. Ooh. Head nod. Head nod. Yes. Yes. Um, I feel like it might. Are you a little tone deaf? Yeah. All right, Tootsie. Are you a little fotige? You know. Um, there you are, Green Book. We see yeah. you. Okay. Um, but the prom, well done. Yes, good work. Well done, prom. Real good, good work. Um, I felt like there was so much heart in that performance that um that that was really clear to me. And those are the performances that I feel like this is why I watched the Tonys because that made me feel something. It made me think something. And um, the other, the next performance we saw made me feel just as much also. And that was choir boy. Oh, fuck. Yes. And I feel like um, that was a play that got a performance at the Tonys, and I'm so fucking glad it did. Yeah. Um, because it was a play with music centered yeah. around hymnals and the hymns and the spirituals and yeah. Yeah, but the playwright introduced it, and he talked about the idea. Like, do you want to speak a little bit on that? Um, the idea that like the spirituals were how they communicate, like. African slaves, uh, African American, you know, the enslaved are communicated with each other, mm-hmm. and it's such a formative way of part of their communication and and um, storytelling, which is also a big, you know, and it, with its roots specifically in like the Black Church and the Black Christian tradition. But that's what he spoke on that like 
really moved me in that he was saying that like so often the boys that we call upon to sing these hymnals, hymnals or hymns? Hymn- mm, he kept saying spirituals. Spirituals. Yeah. That's why I'm going for the ALS. Yeah. <laughs> um, when he said the boys that we call upon to sing these spirituals are often queer boys of color. Yeah. And we need to, in the church, erase that part of them to celebrate them for what they can do, but not necessarily for who they are. And that was so moving. And then we got to see Choir Boy perform one of the spirituals with this amazing, like, energized step piece that was so full of heart. And honestly, like, out of context, I had no idea... I wanted more what though. What part of yeah. the play that was from, but I was like, I need to read this play. I want to see this performed. I wish that I had bought a ticket when I was home and it was playing then. And like, nah, that was when I'm kicking myself for not seeing Choir Boy. Yeah, quite that specific idea of, you know, it is like queer black men or queer mm-hmm. queer men who are our spiritual leaders. Mm-hmm. In many regards, I feel that very deeply, having been someone who was that gay kid in the Catholic Church choir, and you know, I'm not, and and then going back home too. So, like going back home in October uh, when I went back to Guam, mm-hmm. you know, it's still very much there. It's mm-hmm. like you, these queer gay men who are out but not fully, who because of their roles at in the church. Or, you know, their their deep Catholic faith. Mm-hmm. Like, that was just something that spoke to me directly. Like, mm-hmm. I was like, this is, for me, I'm seeing, this is, for me, representation right now. Yeah. Representation, but, like, also not being, like, a black prep school's boy singing hymnals, but completely understanding and uh, the story because it is, it's a shared experience. Yeah. 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 It was really, really great. And it was all heart. Mm-hmm. All heart, all over that stage. It was fantastic. Also, let's give it up for the actor who was nominated for two different mm-hmm. uh, for two different um, roles in two different plays on the same night in Tony's. Yes, 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 yes. Jeremy Pope. Yes, yes. Jeremy Pope was nominated for Choir Boy and Ain't Too Proud mm-hmm. um, and did not win either, but... Uh, but he's going to win something in the future. So celebrated. Like his name is all over the place now. He's amazing. Um, yes. All right. I feel like we've been talking for 75 hours and we're still not even there. We're, we're not, not even, even there yet. yet. No, we're not. We still have one, two, maybe two and a half. No, three, three and a half shows to still talk about. That's fine. So quickly, let's talk about Town. Mm-hmm. 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 Um, do you want to talk about it? I've been singing that wait for me. I mean, also that's one of those things that's like, I'm like, this is for me. I know I'm going to like this show. Mm-hmm. I um, have not listened to it. I have not uh, familiarized myself with any part of it. Although so many people keep telling me to listen to Hades town and I just haven't, I don't know why. I started, I tried to. So Ashley, shout out Ashley. Um, hey, Ash. When she sent me the link to the recording or one of the recordings, I think it's their live. And uh, this cast album is not fully out it's yet. It's not fully out yet, mm-hmm. no. So she sent me a uh, one of the albums that they had live recorded when they were, I think, in London or something. Yeah. And I listened to it and I was like, ah, 
not there yet. I'm not there for it. And then seeing mm-hmm. it and listening to it, I'm like, okay, like I can get it. Like I just need, give me the full Broadway cast album to really get on board. Uh, but that performance, Reeve Carney, um, surprising that you, <laughs> surprised he did not get a nomination, but you know, Reeve Carney. Um, and then um, the, uh, Hermes, the man who played Hermes, uh, fantastic. Uh, yeah. Andre it. Uh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, Andre de Shields, right? Andre de Shields, yeah. So yes, I, I definitely, it's, that's definitely Andre a show that I was like, I'm excited about. Um, I do like the idea of like it being such a very specific adaptation of Orpheus and Eurydice. Mm-hmm. Um, but like it makes me you just like because like anytime someone was nominated and won for Hades Town, it was always they were all on message. It was like this is a show about living together, the world, what the world could be, and I was like, mm-hmm. good to stay all on message. So it yeah. just made me want to watch it more. So I had a different experience watching it. Okay, I watched it. Go on. With all the hype. Head tilt, eye race. (laughs) (laughs) With all of the hype that everybody's been like throwing my way, I was excited to see this and be like, okay, maybe I'll like finally be inspired to listen and to figure out what all this is about. I watched the performance and I thought, I have no idea what this is about. Like, obviously, I know the story of Orpheus and Eurydice, but. I did not get any of that from that clip, that Tony performance. Mm-hmm. I didn't get it. Like I watched it, and the the lamps that were swinging, and the like the flower. Like I just, I didn't. I was like, I don't get this. Maybe mm-hmm. I need to see the whole show in order to understand it. Mm-hmm. And then again, talking to Allison, who did see the whole show, she was like that clip did nothing to like speak to the intimacy of the whole show the lighting of that show in the theater space is phenomenal but you don't get that here um I just I I was like I saw it and I was like I don't get it (laughs) that was my experience with it I would have preferred them do like I would have wanted them to do something along the lines of what they did, what um, Great Comet did at the Tonys, which I just Mm. want them to do a giant balls out number and have so much fun with it. Because in different, like when you look at the trailers and clips for the show, you can see that they have those elements where they're doing that. And it would have been nice to see that. It would have been nice to actually maybe feature some of the actors who were nominated. (laughs) But, Mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. Can we talk about giant balls ass numbers with Kiss Me Kate? Yeah. Are we ready to move on from Hades Town? Yeah, we're done. I feel like neither of us have much to say about it. Um, sorry to disappoint our fives. Anyway, Kiss Me Kate. Yeah. So Kelly O'Hara introduced her ensemble singing Too Darn Hot. And I'm like, Kelly O'Hara, you're not even going to sing some shit for us? Whatever. Yeah, she fuck? just, she came out in pants she and was like. She like no costume change and then walked off. I was like, so yeah. you're not even a part of this. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then. And they did the same, they did that same number from the revival earlier because we watched the revival in our Tony in our Tony best of oh okay so we watched the too darn hot uh, the original original, yeah yeah. and then this oh yeah okay so we gotta talk about this choreo because A it's ballsy to feature ensemble only without any like the names like the Broadway names well Corbin Blue Corbin Blue but Mm -hmm. 
like featured as a dancer in this moment. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. Um, which is awesome that like this was the moment that they used to feed because everyone knows him like of our generation from like high school musical and all that stuff. And here you get to really see him as like such a song and dance man. Like he is very, very talented. Oh and exceptional. Yeah. Often times that's overlooked because he's a Disney kid. You know? And so And he is out there hoofing. He is working his shit so hard. It was amazing. Um, so too darn hot. We see like full choreo, like the full extended number. The one moment I want to talk about is when they're in that like block pyramid and they're just jumping. Yeah. Oh my God. Just repeated jumps. Now here's the thing. It's not like bunny hops though. It's like full like knees up and like as they jump, the knee comes up at a delay. Mm -hmm. They all jump to precisely the same height. Because if they didn't, Mm -hmm. the timing would be off. And you'd have one person in that block of dancers like a half a millisecond ahead of the others. All of them jumping exactly to the same height. Their knees came exactly to the same height. And they jumped that high repeatedly for like how many jumps? I don't even know. But it was, I was like... One, two, three, four. Okay, that's cute. And then they kept going, and I was like, fuck, that's hard. Oh, my God, that's yeah. got to be impossible. Impossible choreo. Yeah. And they were crushing it. And the women in, the, in their T-straps. Yeah. Amazing. It was really, really impressive. Yeah, I was like, damn, it is too damn hot. So good. And Corbin Blue, like, huffing, like, solid taps, solid choreo. We don't get really a tap clean. musical anymore. This is great. If you look hard enough, you can always find a tap musical, Josie. <laughs> You're just not looking hard enough. Somewhere, someone. There's always a tap musical waiting for you. Might be the gayest thing I've ever said. Anyway. That probably is. Listen, I'm not ashamed. It's fine. Um, your thoughts on Kiss Me, Kate? Mm, no, you said it all. Okay. The jumping was... The jump. Yeah. And you could tell like the, the audience jump. was like, yes. The audience was like sitting there. There was almost no noise from the audience. Like normally when you get a good kick line, when you get a good like mm-hmm. synchronized performance, audience starts making noise. It was almost like everyone in Radio City was like, oh my God, what are they and doing? And the camera angle at that point yes. was very good too. The camera angle was like, at stage height. So you saw them jumping in precision, like at camera level. And everyone in Radio City was like, oh my God, don't make noise. Oh my God, don't mess them up. Oh my God. Like it was very, very precise. And it was like the whole music hall was there with them in yeah. that moment. It was a, it, that is why we see live theater mm-hmm. for those moments where you're like, they do that eight shows a week. Eight shows. Yeah. Damn their knees. Damn. Damn. Ice baths all around. I mean, there has to be some kind of physical therapist backstage for them all because holy hell. Holy hell. The share show. Eye roll. Look away. (laughs) (laughs) I believe did it have to be believe for God's sake. I mean, maybe that's just a that's just, like could they pick any other fucking song? I have so many feelings oh. about what we saw there. It was cringy. Chad Michaels could do a better share. Yes, Chad Michaels has done a better share. I mean, the thing is, in watching Stephanie J. Block 
I never really realized like how like share she is mm-hmm. in voice and in appearance and all of that. Like, cause I've seen her in several things. I saw her in nine to five. I saw her in falsettos. I saw her in a lot of, th- I think I saw her in wicked actually. Um, and she's a beast on stage. She can sing the shit out mm-hmm, of anything. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, she broke my heart in falsettos a thousand times over. Um, And I feel like that is what she should have won for. So for me to see, like, and have such an emotional experience seeing her in falsettos, to then seeing her in this... Hey, everybody. (laughs) Campy, trash, shut up, bitch moment. Yeah, shut up, bitch. Like, oh, God. I'm wearing Bob Mackie. It was... And I mean, kudos to her for wearing it. I mean, she wore it. She committed. Whoa, with the under teat. Holy hell. Um, I would not be so brave, but Mm -mm. Stephanie J. Block, I applaud your confidence. It could have been like turn back time. Like it could have. Why was it believe? I think they were looking for an ensemble piece. They were looking for a piece that could feature the three shares, which is still a concept I don't understand. I did not see this show. My mom and my aunt saw it. Um, What did Lorraine think? I think she thought it was fun. They saw it for like a like a girls' day at the holidays last year or something like that. So like all of the aunts got together to go see it, um, and I think they all loved it because it's fun and campy and cool and of their generation, whatever. But like, mm, uh, my sister's a real big fan of Cher. She's a real really? big fan. Of Cher. Yeah, I know. I'm like Annie, you puzzle me, mm-hmm. <laughs> but. Um, God, baby, it's all or nothing. Like, we, I mean, I oh I don't God. deny share share's place in the world, in the canon, and in gay yes. culture, and in the canon of music and pop culture and mu- and everything. And by amazing. the way, there was n- there was not and there was not a closeted homosexual dancer. I'll tell you that when they came out and they were like full open, like. Mm-hmm. Looking like they were gonna dance the rumba on on uh, fucking Dancing with the Stars. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I I think Cher does that. I think caricaturizing Cher's life does not do that. In fact, does the kind of opposite of that. Yeah, when she, I was like, when she opened her mouth, and I was like, what, what? It was what? It was kind of embarrassing. I don't know. And then I think also just because I had had. The complete opposite experience of sitting in a theater with Stephanie J. Block. Yeah. You know, like it felt, I say, embarrassing and like disappointing. Which, and those are very heavy loaded words. Like I have great respect for her and her talent, but that role, I don't, I don't know. It felt like a kind of cheapened caricature of yeah. Cher. <laughs> I don't know. It was weird. Yeah. It was weird. It was not good. A lot of people had shit to say about it. A lot of people were like, nope. Yeah. Nope. No. No. It won't last the summer. I don't know. I mean, it's it's been around for a while. We say that, but then you never know what will hit and what won't. Like a Bronx Tale. Why was a Bronx Tale on Broadway for as long as it was? It was on Broadway for a very, very long time. Not nominated for anything. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
But because of who produced it, who wrote it, all of that, and because it was a New York story being told in New York, it did really well. We don't know what's going to last or not, you know? Like, yeah. There's the share show. Yeah. People fucking love share. Queens from all over the world are going to fly in. Go see Cher. Chad Michaels will do it on Broadway next. Of course. You replace Stephanie J. Block. Probably could. Mm. Why not? Who knows? Let's talk about um, the Kong moment. So three actors from the Moulin Rouge <laughs> go over <laughs> to King Kong. I was like, wow, Karen Olivo is not having this. <laughs> Karen Olivo is like, why does my show keep getting postponed? Like, why do they have Tony? They keep putting off this. my opening. Yeah. I don't even care about it though. I thought like um They featured that puppet. They featured the puppet really beautifully. They honored the puppeteers the subtlety and the craft that they do in terms of like the growl and the half lip yeah. and the facial expression and the movement of that puppet is, I mean, we covered this <laughs> when yeah. I saw the show. Also, I was like, you ride that Kong, Tevier, you ride him. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Which was like a little Anyways. too, a little too drawn out for me. just like, well, so we, we spoke about King Kong when yeah, yeah, yeah. I went home to New York and, uh, and I saw it and, I told you, the show is all projections Mm -hmm. and all puppet. And I also had a very different experience with King Kong because their, like, 14th understudy was on Mm -hmm. for Ann Darrow, so whatever. But if nothing else, I got to see that puppet live. Amazing. It was worth it. It was worth that ticket price for that. I did not enjoy all of the projections, like, once we started to see... Uh, Danny Burstein like riding mm-hmm. Kong um, you kind of got a sense of like the speed of those projections and kind of how like fast paced and trippy and kind mm-hmm. of like dizzy it made you yeah um, so I mean that's what it was but the puppet alone puppet alone yeah I was like this has how is this not uh, how is this not like a, a digital effect like it was mm-hmm. all practical, live and practical. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was amazing. Mm-hmm. Very much so. That is the end of our performances. We've covered all the performances. Oh my god! <laughs> We've been talking for seventy-five years. Yes. Um. Now on to the awards. Now to the awards. I don't feel like we need to cover every single award, but let's touch on some highlights, shall we? Yes, let's do it. Okay. Um. Let's talk about best play went to The Ferryman, best musical went to Town. best revival of a play, Boys in the Band, best revival of a musical, Oklahoma. Yeah. Were there any surprises there? Mm, no, I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so either. Uh, let's talk about the actors, the acting awards. Yes, yes, yes. So Santino Fontana won for Tootsie. You know what? If he spent three years trying to figure all that shit out, then he deserves it. I disagree. I disagree a lot. He figured out what what did they say when like no one could hear the 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 lady talking? It was like he spent three years trying to nail down the different singing voices for both for Dorothy Michaels. Um, like he was like he had spent three years when it was wig being workshop, which is probably the reason why he wasn't on Crazy Ex Girlfriend anymore. But I mean, mm. give him that Tony. Mm. I, you know, I mean, again, like 
Is it the Green Book? If Linda Cardellini won, <laughs> mm. Mahershala Ali won. It was Green Book. But. I mean, if we're looking at who who he was up against in that category, he was up against Damon Duano from Oklahoma. Um, Alex Brightman, Beetlejuice. He was up against uh, Derek Baskin for Ain't Too Proud and Brooks uh, Ashmarkis from The Prom. So, like, I feel like, yes, maybe he was the front runner there. Mm-hmm. But also, I don't know. I, I don't buy that whole, like, he worked on it for so many years because you look like Cheetah Rivera worked on The Visit for, like, 11 years, 12 years. Like, people are attached to projects for very, very, very long times before they get to Broadway. And I don't know that that merits a Tony. His speech, though. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I mean, again, I'm not, I'm not trying to excuse it, but I was just like, I'm trying to look for, I'm trying to look for a silver lining. Yeah, cause... I know. I was green booked out though. I was like, mm, I'm not listening to you because green book. So. <laughs> Tootsie is green book. Tootsie green booked me. Sorry. Um, okay. So Stephanie J. Block won for the share show. God. Nice. What do you think about that? <laughs> Who was she up against? She, she was, was up against uh, Caitlin Kinnanen the, for the prom. Mm-hmm. Beth Leval for the prom. Eva Noblezada for Hades Town, And Kelly O'Hara for Kiss Me Kate. It was a loaded category. Yeah, it was pretty loaded. I feel like Stephanie J. Block was probably awarded at this point in time for her body of work. Mm-hmm. Um, um. Yeah, the thing about her and speci- her and Santino specifically was like their speeches were great, <laughs> but like, did they deserve to win for those performances? Eh. Yeah, I know. Um. Okay, I want to talk about two speeches in particular. One, Brian Cranston, and two, Rachel Shavkin. Three, three speeches, mm-hmm. couple speeches actually. Uh, Brian Cranston, Andre De Shields, Ali Stroker, Rachel Shavkin, Rachel Shavkin. Yeah. Um, okay, Brian Cranston, one for the network. All I saw written about this today, the day after, was mm-hmm. how he stood up for the media. Cool. Good for you. I felt like what he said at the beginning of his speech was very off color. Read the room, man. Read the room. So he gets up there and the first thing he says is finally an old white dude. Like whatever. What did he say? It's like an old, uh, finally an old white man won something or something like that. Yeah. And I was like, oh. Because it doesn't sound, because like the tone was like, uh, are you joking? I don't know if you're joking. Yeah. It was real off Color. He said, finally, a straight old white man gets a break. Yeah. And then he said something about, oh, this touched me. It touched me, but not in a me too kind of way. Or like everyone who has touched me or something like that. Yeah. yeah. And we were like, oh, oh, oh. Oh, no. No. Too soon. Too soon. He was digging that hole. And then he, he recovered with this whole like, oh, the, you know, the media and blah, 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 blah. Demagoguery and, like, and yeah, all that stuff. And, that, and I'm like, okay. Cool. Print media, news media, we're not the enemy of the, enemy of the people, and you're right, 100%. He would have, he could have, he, he should have recovered by addressing 
uh, by basically supporting the other voices and just, you could have said something along the lines of like, you know, someone else should have won this. Cause wh- who else was nominated in that category? Right. There was fucking, um, um, Jeff Daniels, Jeff Daniels, Adam driver, Jeremy Pope for choir boy and mm-hmm. Patty, uh, Considine. Sorry, I'm butchering these names. The Ferryman. Yeah. So, you know, there were, there were other people that could have, uh, could have won. Definitely. That was a pretty loaded category. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Brian Cranston, just off color, man. Um, okay, then um, Andre De Shields gets up, seventy three years old, mm-hmm. and he wins for Hades Town, which wonderful. Yeah. Um, and he gave a couple of things. What did I say that he said? He. I oh, love the uh, the son Baltimore, of son of Baltimore, being a son of Baltimore, and like keeping his promise to make Baltimore yeah. proud. And then he like shared his three cardinal rules with everybody, and he said, and I'm reading this. Um, number one, surround yourself with people whose eyes light up when they see you coming. Mm-hmm. Two, slowly is the fastest way to get to where you want to be. And three, the top of the mountain is the bottom of the next, so keep climbing. Yeah. And it was like, man, that's wisdom. Yeah. And I was like, and then peace. That's all that we needed. That's all we needed to hear. Yeah. It was beautiful. Like, that's going to be a Tony moment in history that will be talked about, you know? Yeah. Incredible. Really, really beautiful. Um, also, I was thrilled to see Celia Keenan-Bolger win for yes. To Kill a Mockingbird. Oh, Absolutely. Thrilled because she was Scout Finch. She just was incredible. Um, I want to have you talk about um, Rachel's speech and Rachel Ali Stroker's speech. Yeah, so Rachel Shavkin, you know, with with that um, with that speech again. I do love an intentional. I do love when it's written out. Yeah. Um, I love it more. I love it more. I'm like when, all for like, don't waste my time. Yeah. <laughs> like know what you're going to say. Don't get up there a blubbering mess and like, thank your dog. Like, I don't Yeah, care. exactly. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. so Rachel Shavkin basically calling out that she's like the only woman nominated for directing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just like, there are female directors, basically the in, calling the institution um, on its bullshit at that time. Um, and maybe not on its bullshit. Maybe that's too hard to say. But just mm-hmm. basically, like, it's not, it's, it, it's like addressing the specific, like, oh, but there isn't that many people. There's a scarcity. And, like, no, there's not. It's just you, we need to get more of these people. We need to get women in the rooms to tell the stories, mm-hmm. which is, like, appreciated to no end. So, Rachel Shavkin, absolutely, 100%. And then also being on message with Hades Town about mm-hmm. you know the, the what the show, what the show the kind of story and the world that it's building. Um, Ali Stroker like from the get right away just being like, this is for every kid, and I'm just like I love a this is for every kid moment. I'm mm-hmm. like this is for you who has been told no, and I'm just like yes, mm-hmm. yes, yes, yes. And then also because like. You know, so as someone who again has followed many a many a gay Broadway actor, mm-hmm. um, when um, when Spring was uh, Spring Awakening, the Deaf West revival was uh, was on Broadway. Like there was many a post of like her with her, the her friends going out to different places in New York, and mm-hmm. that is not a wheelchair. That's not an ADA city. Um, I mean, you can speak to that more more than I can. Mm-hmm. So like you know to to 
to address those people who have literally like pulled and pushed her uh-huh. and gotten her to where she needed to be. Um, so let's talk about that too. Um, this was a historic Tony moment. Yeah, absolutely. To have a differently abled actor being presented in a wheelchair mm-hmm. with their Tony. Mm-hmm. Wonderful and historic. Standing ovation. Stand, of course, standing ovation. Of course. Mm-hmm. Here's what bothered me. What bothered me was that she was kept off stage for that moment. That Tony did not think in advance because she should have been in the audience. She should have been in the audience and had a way a compliant way to get onto the stage to receive her award like every other Tony Award winner in this incredibly prestigious moment in their career. And the fact that she was off stage left waiting, you know, to receive this news and maybe she'd have to wheel herself out or not, like it felt like um, a moment that felt um, other to me it felt like a moment of otherness Mm. you know of Mm. someone you know and I just felt like for Tony to award her in this moment Tony should have also provided her the moment to get onto the stage that didn't make her feel or make yeah I don't or maybe she didn't feel that way I don't know I don't want to speak for her I'm just saying like for me watching that I felt like because what would have been if she didn't win, right? Like, if she didn't win and she was like, now she has to wheel herself back to her back seat. Back out to the house. Back yeah. out to the house. Exactly. I just, I don't know. It felt a little. That is a, that's a very, that's a very thoughtful take on it. That it was the first thing I noticed. Well, I noticed it. I noticed it too, but I didn't focus. I didn't focus in on it and think I about was, it in the way. I was wondering about it in advance. Yeah. I was like, cool. So she's going to win this Tony, right? I in my head, I was like, it was pretty clear to me that she was going to win that Tony mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, because there had been so many eyes on her throughout the season about this and she'd gotten so much press on the Tonight Show, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I thought it was pretty clear that she was going to win. But I was really thinking about that moment. Like, how is Tony going to accommodate a differently abled actor mm-hmm. getting to the stage? Hmm. And they didn't. They kept her off stage left. To deal with it during a commercial. Well, no, they accommodated her, but they didn't make it... In a way that made her separate from her peers. You know? Yeah. I don't know. That seemed a little not cool with me. But I'm just over here being a judgy bitch. Well, no, that's a a thoughtful take on it because it's like you... To... She should have been able to have the experience that other folks who have won a Tony, where they can find out in the audience with everyone else, in the house with everyone else, and then go on to stage and and do it from that way. So yes, mm-hmm. I I think that in I think an accommodation was made for her specifically, but you know, but that accommodation was also like othered. But I mean, again as is with most accommodations in places that, you know, that make them, they are like these afterthoughts. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, It's a a thoughtful way of of thinking about that experience. But, you know, again, she did, she like completely um, 
completely deserved it. And this is, this is that moment. Yeah. Could have been handled, could have been handled better. Yeah. 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 Um, were there any other awards that you wanted to like really draw attention to? No, I thought it was pretty pretty spot on for everything else. I was uh, um, I will say that I was a little shocked that um, I was a little shocked that Heidi Shrek did not win mm. uh, for Constitution mm-hmm. just because of you know yeah all of that was a lot of hype around that yeah too. a lot of hype yeah. around that but yeah, you know yeah. a little shocked about that. But. I will say this, and maybe we wrap up the awards ceremony on this. I think it is bullshit that so many awards are given out during commercial breaks and they're only given to the greater audience televised in these like highlight reels when we come back from commercial. When you award things like Bob Mackie for costumes and a lifetime achievement award, right, to, or like a humanitarian award to to Judith Light, Light, um, there were so many like titans of the industry that were being honored. I mean, and and then there were so many historic moments, like the first woman being nominated in like a lighting design, a mm-hmm. sound design mm-hmm. category. Um, so lighting, sound, scenic design, all of the design awards were, and the Lifetime Achievement Awards and the Teacher Award were all given out prior to the award ceremony or during commercial breaks and presented as a soundbite. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, you know, I we, can see, I can see where, you know, from a, from a production standpoint of an already long, of yeah. an already pro- a long live event. Yeah, we can see that. But like at the same time, you know, when it was Parkland, they honored that they gave the teacher a special moment and then they had the Parkland students come on. I feel and like sing a really bad version of rent. Yes. yes. <laughs> I know. I know. Remember? Yes, I, know. I do remember. Um, um yeah. but like, I mean, Bob Mackey should have been a moment. Of course. Judith Light should have been a moment. Of course. Sergio fucking Trujillo talking yes. about being like a, uh, being an undocumented immigrant. Yes. Like should have been a moment. Yes. Yeah. There were so like for that reason alone, like, all of those moments deserve to be televised because, and I go back to that representation piece that there's a kid who might love working backstage in the theater, but might never, ever, ever want to be an actor. And this shit is their jam. This is their bread and butter. Like, I want to know who designed that show that looks so cool. And I want to know who costumed that and who lit that. And like, those are the moments that yeah. like every kid has a niche in this Cause that's field, one of those ways where important. you, that's one of those ways that you can have a career and have a very, like have a, a very fruitful award-winning career is by doing a things, te- being a technical artist. But also it just shows, that there are so many jobs yeah. in the arts that are not just the upfront storyteller. Yeah. They're not just the person who is upfront winning the awards, mm-hmm. getting the recognition every night. It's every single person yeah. who helps get that person there every night. It's the three, And all yeah. of the cogs in the machine that happen backstage that we never see. Mm-hmm. That is the kind of shit that fascinates some kids. That is the kind of shit that should be highlighted in the Tonys. Now, granted, I get that we watch the Tonys for performances and those can't be cut, of course. Um, And I don't know where you would discover another three hours to show all of those awards. I'm just saying that, like, I think, I don't know. 
I would maybe like that's to a, see. Maybe that's a digital content, like special digital content or something like that. I guess like so. That. I just think that like for the prestige of yeah. winning any award in your field, that is a lifetime goal and achievement. People working their entire lives to get a Tony, to be a Tony Award winner. I'd want more than a fucking commercial blip. You know what I mean? I'd be kind of pissed if that was it. But anyway. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I agree with you because it's just, yeah. Oh, in a perfect world, it'd be award shows all all day, every day. In my head, it is. Mm -hmm. I know. Um, We are coming to the end of our Tony episode of our time of the month. I want us to leave on this. Um, Tony hosts for next year. Yeah. Tony shows that are coming up for next year. Moulin Rouge. Moulin Rouge is coming up. Um, Music Man. The Music Man. There are a lot of movies are being made on the musical front. Mrs. Doubtfire, Back to the Future, all of these things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Um, but I also heard that like, Mrs. Doubtfire? Yeah. Another one we don't need. We don't need that. No. We don't need that story. Don't don't soil uh, Robin Williams' memory by doing that. No. No, don't. Um, I heard that the West End production of Dreamgirls is finally coming to Broadway Thank this God. year. I no. hope. I hope, I hope. We'll see. Um, though maybe not with Amber Riley. Mm. I know. And she crushed it. It was amazing. Um, so, I don't know. I mean, you know, another... Tony season, another year of original theater, hopefully, and reimagined movies. Mm -hmm. But anyway, um, who do you envision hosting the Tonys next year, Josephine? Rachel Bloom. And you screamed it into the microphone. (laughs) Rachel Bloom. Rachel Bloom. Rachel Bloom. For the win. Rachel Bloom needs to host the Tonys next year. Mm. Rachel Bloom needs to host the Tonys, period. I don't see why she can't host it next year. Yeah. Rachel Bloom. She okay. hosted the Obie Awards. Patti yeah. Lapone has ordained her. <laughs> see, I would love that. I would love to see, like, in the same way that we talk about, like, a Betty White and the Great Dames, like, hosting the Oscars one year, you know? I would love to see the Broadway divas host the Tonys one year. But I think Rachel Bloom is pretty spot on. Yeah, Rachel Bloom. Plus, I mean, she is... You know, she's a Golden Globe Award winning, like, songstress mm-hmm. because of all her parody stuff. So, like, you know it's going to be great. And yeah. she has this reverence for it that will be felt. Um, so, yeah, she she gets, she is of that world in a way that, you know, yeah, Hugh Jackman, yeah, NPH, yeah, Corden, you know, mm-hmm. they are, uh, you know, Sarah Bareilles, Josh Groban, they are all of that world. Mm-hmm. But she, she is of that world in a way that, like, people who watch the Tonys are also of that world. Well, and I think you just hit the nail on the head, too, when you talk about reverence. I think that whoever hosts the Tonys, they really, really get it right when you can tell that they grew up desperately wanting to be a part of this and that there is a great reverence for the art, for the craft, for the work ethic, the stamina, the incredible drive that it takes to be a Broadway performer or a Broadway worker in any realm of Broadway theater um, takes incredible skill and, 
And I think that having a reverence for that and like that deep, deep, deep love of needing to be a part of it, um, those are the hosts that get it right. You know, the one year that wrecked me was like when Neil Patrick Harris was talking about like, you know, in his opening number, he said something about all of us were that kid. You know, do you remember what I'm talking about? I think it was Corden. Are you talking about Corden where no, they had it the... it was a Neil Patrick Harris. Oh. It was the end of like his big musical number. And he talked about like f- doing it for like that one kid because we were all that kid, mm-hmm. you know, and that just... Well, see, me. Corden had that number where it was like he had the children who were basically the like child avatars of the oh, the people who were nominated for acting performances. Mm-hmm. And I love that. Like, was that, that last year? That was his first year doing it. The first it. year he did it, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was the Hamilton Tonys. Yes, mm-hmm. that's right, that's right. But yeah. like, I love anyone who plays on that. Yeah, But yeah, totally. Rachel Bloom would knock the crap out of this. <laughs> All right, Rachel Bloom, are you listening? Yeah. There you go. Um, I'm sure that she's like putting a bid for it. <laughs> like, but like, think of me, look at me, do it. Yeah. Yeah. That would be amazing. Yeah, Rachel Bloom would do the would do the shit out of that. Oh my goodness! Listen, sixes and sevens. If you've stayed with us throughout all of this, God love you, and your deep reverence for our love of the theater, of the theater, of award shows about the theater, of the American theater wing. We appreciate you. We love you. Um, stay tuned for another um, amazing. We're coming at you with our June Pride episode in a couple weeks and um and of course we always love when we can pause and celebrate and take a moment and honor and uh and really celebrate our craft and i don't know anytime there's an award show we're here for it we're so fucking here for it um thanks guys enjoy your time of the month bye